0: Our scripture reading this morning comes from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 21, verses 25 through 36. Hear these words of scripture. There will be signs in the sun, moon, and stars. On the earth, nations will be in anguish and perplexity at the roaring and tossing of the sea. People will faint from terror, apprehensive of what is coming on the world for the heavenly bodies will be shaken. At that time, they will see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. When these things begin to take place, stand up and lift up your heads, because your redemption is drawing near. He told them this parable. Look at the fig tree and all the trees. When they sprout leaves, you can see for yourselves and know that summer is near. Even so, When you see these things happening, you know that the kingdom of God is near. Truly, I tell you, this generation will certainly not pass away until all these things have happened. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away. Be careful of your hearts will be weighed down with carousing, drunkenness, and the anxieties of life. And that day will close in on you suddenly like a trap. For it will come on all those who live on the face of the whole earth. Be always on the watch and pray that you may be able to escape all that is about to happen. And that you may be able to stand before the Son of Man. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Amen. Thanks, Kathy.
1: Today is our first Sunday in Advent. Advent is the four weeks that lead up to Christmas, like Jenny said, in which we prepare ourselves for the coming of Christ's birth. And it seems strange then, if that's what Advent is, to begin our preparation with this morning's scripture. It would be more fitting if we began Advent with a, a scripture about the angels' joyful announcement of Christ's coming birth, rather than a scripture about the coming of the end times and people fainting with fear and foreboding. And yet we begin Advent in this way because, in our preparation for Christ's birth, we—and that's what Advent means—is that we we wait. We wait for Christ's birth. And we wait for something that's already happened. Over 2,000 years ago, Christ was born. And so we try to recapture what that birth meant, to hear the angel's song and believe if even for a moment that peace on earth is really within the realm of possibility. And then at the same time, While we wait for something that has already happened, we also wait for something that is still on the horizon. The coming of God's kingdom that Reverend Kendrick spoke about last week. When the lion shall lie down with the lamb, when we will beat our swords into plowshares and spears into pruning hooks, when we will study war no more. There is that some day out there that we hope for. And I think we hope for even more now, this year, because these images that that come up in Luke 21 that, that Kathy just read for us, they often, in many ways, hit a little too close to home. These feelings of distress and confusion and fear the, the feelings that these words evoke, they mirror the past two years. This world that we've lived in with turmoil and suffering from disasters, both natural and human made, when speaking to the realities of the injustices that are present in our world. And so we begin Advent with this little apocalypse, which is what it's called to remind us that we're still waiting for something, that we're looking back and looking forward at the same time. And Jesus offers these words here in Scripture, not for foreboding, but for hope, for hope to homesick people, to those of us who feel far away from God and long to have the kingdom here on earth as it is in heaven for his disciples back then he was speaking to, as well as us today, saying, stand up and raise your heads, Jesus said, because your redemption is near. And so when you see these things taking place, he said, you know that the kingdom of God is near. So Jesus offers us these words those of us who are homesick, for something that we really haven't fully encountered yet, of God's kingdom here on earth. And that, that word, kingdom, Reverend Kendrick talked about it last week, and, and Ada Maria Izazi Diaz, she defines kingdom as an interconnected community. Seeing God's movement emerge from a La Familia, the family that God makes. Homesick. Homesick is this word that I didn't realize until we started going through this series where they talk about homesickness this week, that it really fits the what, what we feel right now in this kind of between times. Christ has been born, and yet we're not in God's kingdom. Homesick is a word that it's, um, it came about in 1756. And I'm gonna say it wrong because I forgot to check with Russ about the German pronunciation. And he, my name is German, Russ speaks German. But the German word is hemwe. And hem, H-E-I-M, I don't know. I'm not saying it right, I know this. It means home. And then we is woe or pain. So it's this pain or this woe from not being home. And it originally was meant to express the longing for the mountains that the Germans, um, the Swiss Germans, felt when they were away from the mountains. And in learning about that, that history of the word, it reminded me of a book entitled Heidi. Did you know there's a book entitled, Heidi? (laughs) There is, and it's about this little girl who grew up in the Swiss Alps with her grandfather. And one day, her aunt comes and takes her to Frankfurt, to the big city, to be a lady's companion for this little girl named Clara, who was unable to walk. And so Heidi does her best when she's living in this new environment to remain positive in this proper house in the big city. But the longer that she's there, the more she fades. She becomes pale and thin and physically homesick for her life with her grandfather on the side of the mountain. And then the doctor urges to have Heidi go home before she gets seriously ill. And so she does. And she gets better and all these other things happen. You have to read the book or watch a movie. But I'm sure that we can each relate to this story and this feeling of homesickness in some way. Yearning for a place that we want to go back to. Or a person we miss. I think about when I went to college for the first time in Cincinnati, and I left the cornfields of Monroe Township to go to downtown Cincinnati. And for weeks, my stomach physically hurt. I didn't eat much because I was missing home and the comfort and the easiness that it brought of all that was known to me, I missed it. And then I think about the homesickness that I felt when Russ and I were first dating, and he was living in Boston, and I was living in Cincinnati. And every time he would leave to go back to Boston, I would feel like something was missing, like things just weren't quite right. And that is this homesickness that we talk about in this scripture, and in Advent. In these words that Kathy read for us, these words of Jesus, he recognizes that no, things aren't as they should be. Things aren't as God wants them to be in this world. And yet, we're not called to simply wait to go back home. We're not simply called to wait to, to have God's kingdom come, and then we'll just be happy, and that'll be that. We don't just wait in the meantime. Instead, Jesus says in the scripture, he tells his disciples, pay attention. Look around. He says, look at the fig tree, and look at all the trees. And when they sprout leaves, you can see for yourselves and know that summer is near. Even so, When you see these things happening, you know that the kingdom of God is near. Jesus is saying to them, even in a dying season, look for those signs of life that are around you. Even in the dreary landscape, look for signs of growth. Pay attention. Look around. That's what Jesus is calling us to do to find the hope where we are presently. It's not just awaiting for God's kingdom to come, but looking for all the small ways that it is already here in our midst. Jesus says in the scripture, stand up and raise your heads. Because it's our natural instinct that when things get hard and difficult and things are going bad, we kind of want to curl in, right? And we want to lower our head and and kind of insulate ourselves. But Jesus is saying, stand up. Raise your heads. Look and see the ways for that hope is here. Trust that God is here in the midst of the mess and the chaos of life. Have confidence in the peace of God that Jesus left with us. In the Gospel of John, I often read this scripture at celebration of life services. And it's Jesus saying, peace, I leave with you. My peace, he says, I give you. And I do not give as the world gives, Jesus says. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. That is what he is saying here in this scripture This peace, this hope is around us. No, we're not home yet. Yes, we are homesick for something that we haven't even yet fully experienced. But add that reminds us that we don't sit and idly wait. The waiting is an active waiting that we are called to. Looking for those seeds of hope cultivating the signs of life in our midst and helping them to grow, working with God to bring our kingdom home here, even in the midst of our waiting. And Jesus tells us in this scripture, he said to the disciples, be on guard so that your hearts are not weighed down with carousing and drunkenness and the anxieties of life. This hit me this year. Be on guard so that your hearts are not weighed down with the anxieties of life. How many of us are feeling the anxieties of life this year? As COVID numbers surge, and we wonder, what does the future look like? What does the future hold? But we're reminded, don't be overcome with hopelessness. There is hope for us, for the homesick of this world. There are glimpses of the kingdom when we least expect it. I think about the joy on Corey's face when she sees freshly fallen snow and she looks at it like it's a brand new toy she gets to play with or our voices uniting and singing christmas carols this year. Even behind mass it's more than we had last year, isn't it? Or the greeting from a cashier in the midst of the chaos and all that shopping at christmas time has brings a smile, smiling eyes and a warm greeting from a cashier. Or a church home that's decorated with many happy hands for the Christmas and Advent season. Hope is a place where all are welcome into the loving arms of God. That is God's kingdom that is here and now. That is God's kingdom that we are in in this very moment. And these moments are the answers to our prayers. Our prayers for God's hope and God's love and God's peace. Those answers to prayers that can bring tears to our eyes if we simply lift our heads and we pay attention to where God is now. Thanks be to God. And as we prepare our hearts for prayer with this next song. I invite those who are joining online to please share your joys and your concerns in the comments on Facebook or at prayer at And let us all stand and let us prepare our hearts and our minds for prayer with this next song.
2: My
0: God
2: My feet may fail And fear surrounds me You've never failed You won't start now And I will call upon your name And keep my eyes above the way oceans rise my soul will rest in your embrace And you walk upon the waters.
1: You may be seated. We have several prayers that have come in. Shelley asked for prayers for Lori and her family on the loss of her son. And then also prayers for Grant um, being able to go back to school with juvenile leukemia and prayers for safety and health for him as well. Jessica asks for prayers for Reagan May. And Nancy asks for prayers for Ryan, who is a family friend in the hospital with an undiagnosed platelet disorder. And then online, we have a few prayers. Jen says prayers for healing and strength for Romaine, Christy, Tia, Percy, Tito, Boy, Krista, Gino, and Brian. Prayers for those who feel homesick, for my mom and dad, Noreen and Andy, for my grandma Bernie, Jack and Clarence and Jessica and Cheryl and the rest of us to seek, to hope, and to go together. When Penny asks for prayers for her family and all those traveling home today, Jason says a, joy, a prayer of joy for his sister's first baby, Everett James Bell. And then Marilyn says, good morning, I am joyful that we had the pleasure of Pastor Heidi and family as well as friends to join us on Thanksgiving Day. Thanks, Mom. Yes, prayers for Thanksgiving and having an opportunity to give thanks with family that we gathered with physically and those from afar. Now let us go to our Lord in prayer. God of the weary and waiting, scripture tells us that where two or more are gathered, you are there. And so we trust that you are here listening to these words, drawing us close, stirring hope awake in us. And for that, O oh Lord, we are grateful. Today, holy God, we feel close to home. We feel close to you when we sing together, when the candles are lit, when we enter this time of worship and someone says hello. We feel close to home, close to you, when our children are curious, when we find moments of true connection with others. And Lord, when we are brave enough to be who you call us to be. But God, even with gratitude in our hearts for those close-to-home moments, we also recognize that we do have homesick hearts. Holy God, we are homesick for a world which we have not seen yet, where oceans are clean and trees are green and animals are not endangered. We're homesick for a life where days feel expansive, There's plenty of time and Sabbath feels possible. We're homesick for days where mental health is not stigmatized and self-worth is not a scarcity. God, we know that you do not leave us alone and that we are carrying both this hope and this homesickness at the same time. And we pray that you will hold both sides of this coin tenderly as we realize that your hope is a gift and our homesickness is a reminder of what is yet to come. We give you thanks for one another, for this time together today, and for your spirit which is ever present with us. Now, with the confidence of your children, we pray together and the glory forever. Amen. Before we leave this time together today, I want to give us a few action steps to go and to bring the hope of Christ into our world. First, today with Advent, we begin two new studies. One begins at 11 o'clock here on um, Sunday mornings, And it's the heart that grew three sizes. And it's about the Grinch and how we can apply the story of the Grinch to our lives. And then on Sundays at 7 o'clock on Zoom, there's a study called Almost Christmas. And so you can contact Jenny, our Christian education director, for more information about that one or both of the studies, or if you would like to start another study And then this Wednesday, December 1st, we will have our Advent worship service that is put on by our entire church staff as an Advent gift to our congregation. And we will be talking about how we can create sanctuary in our lives in this season of Advent. And then next Sunday at 9.30, we will gather downstairs and we are going to make Christmas cards for veterans and bows for bikes to give out for Yuletide bikes. And so I invite you to stop down, um, come a little bit early for this service, and stop downstairs in the Fellowship Hall for that. And then finally, Advent reminds us that Christmas is coming, and Christmas Eve is going to look a little different than it has before, but it's going to look a lot closer to normal than it did last year. And this year we will have two spaces to worship for our five o'clock and our eight o'clock service. And we are asking that you sign up and let us know which service you're going to be participating in. There's information in the bulletin for this. There's also online and on social media to, to dig in. You can contact the church office for more information, to ask questions but we'd love to find out who's going to join us for especially the five o'clock service and the eight o'clock service, because those are the largest ones. Traditionally, we have, we've had in the past about 350 people join us for the five o'clock service, and I don't know about you, but having 350 people in the sanctuary just seems like a bit much. So we're going to spread out, and we have our fellowship hall as an opportunity uh, to a space to worship. We'll have the service live stream on gigantic screen down there. We'll have someone leading songs. We'll have space for kids to kind of spread out and activities for them to be engaged in the service, as well as rows and tables for for families and um, and adults to sit at. And then at the eight o'clock service, we'll also have space down there to spread out and to worship down there in our new space as well. And so we also, to try to make as much space as possible, we'll have a three o'clock acoustic lessons and carols service on Christmas Eve. And so you're invited to join that one. And then we also will have our 10 o'clock service um, and that will be the lessons and carols as well as communion Um, at 10 o'clock, and all of these services will be here in person as well as live streamed. And so there's many different ways that we can all celebrate and be together on Christmas Eve, and we just ask that you let us know when you'll be joining so we can plan accordingly. So with that, let us receive our benediction. May the Lord bless you and keep you, May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and grant you peace. Go in peace and not in pieces. Amen. Have a great week.
2: Oh, yeah. Sean, are you coming Wednesday uh, are we? for the? Um, oh yeah, 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 For the Advent service, yep. Cool. Uh, I'll be I'll be singing with you. Do you want to meet? Um, it starts at uh, seven. We'll meet at like that Yeah. Right? I think I can get here around. Uh, <laughs> nice lunch.